This is Clayton Howe's Entertainment X. Hey guys, so this episode with Brenda Braxton is incredible. She is a riot, <laughs> truly a firecracker, and she lays it all out for us. And it's so wonderful because there's some seriously great takeaways from our conversation. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode and keep on keeping on. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are back with another episode of Entertainment X. And today with me is Brenda Braxton. Yes, yes. Brenda, I was doing my little research about you before we got uh-huh. to meet. And I had read, and I love this, uh-huh. that you're a five foot four firecracker <laughs> that will either wear you out <laughs> or rev you up. I'm Where did you the, find that? <laughs> the internet is an amazing I place. Know. <laughs> was that one of my ex-boyfriends? <laughs> <or>? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, no, no. I think that was okay. a that was an article or an interview or love it. They might have wrote that after you left. No. Okay, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, she was a firecracker. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh-huh. I hope the latter happens. No, it will. <laughs> You're gonna, we're gonna be so revved up at the end of this. Yes. The beginning of it. Um so I read your book mm-hmm. the other night. Um, the Little Black Book of Backstage Etiquette. Yes. This is a great book. Well, thank you. Thank we're you. gonna talk about it. We're gonna talk about so much more. Mm-hmm. But real quick. Mm-hmm. Are you thinking about writing more of these? Yes. The next one is The Little Black Book of Audition Etiquette. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. These are great. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are really great. Thank you. I was reading, as I was going through it, I was like, oh. It's common sense stuff that is not taught just right now. I mean, they don't do it anymore. So They just don't. Yeah. I, don't know, I don't know what it is or why, mm-hmm. but they're like, I mean, I love that story of you having to catch the train, mm-hmm. but waiting while the director was giving you notes. Oh, that was Seth, uh, Seth Rudetsky. Yes. And you know what? I didn't even remember that until I asked Seth, Seth to do the forward. Yeah. And he did, and he did that story. And I was like, see, you just never know who you are influencing in your life, even when you're not looking. Mm. You know what I mean? So that's why it's so important to make sure that you are always doing the right thing or at least trying to always do the right thing. Yeah. You know, because I had no idea that he was even watching. You know, wow. that Seth was watching. So. It's amazing how many people will look up to you without you even knowing. Exactly. Which is like what you're saying. Exactly. So it always yeah. be on your best behavior. Yeah. And be yeah, yourself. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, um, what was the other thing? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. There was an excerpt because sometimes it might not solely be about your talent. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's about your reputation. Absolutely. What does reputation mean to you? Reputation is everything because this is, whether you believe it or not, this is a small community theater is a small community (laughs) and uh who's in the chorus right now could be giving you your next job which happened for me um i'm doing cruise you know norwegian cruise line right now after midnight and dan labono who i did chicago on broadway with was in the chorus and we would just have fun and laugh and he'd come to my dressing room and we'd laugh and joking and go down the line what maybe 10 years and he's helping them cast for After Midnight on Norwegian Cruise Lines. And I can't help but think that if I had been nast- a nasty person, you know, while I was doing Velma, <clears throat> being a nasty star, so-called, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. you know, I could have not gotten the job for Norwegian. And I've been with Norwegian for two years, almost three years now. So you just never know who's in your life, whether they're in the chorus, whether they are another star or, or whatever. Or interviewing you. You never, you never know. know. 
<laughs> it's fun. Yes. I can't help but think that reputation and having an awareness of your reputation mm-hmm. comes from just a self-awareness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What did your mother teach you about self-awareness? Well, first of all, my mother always pounded it into my head that we are descendants of kings and queens. So that gave me a whole nother sensibility from a little girl of, okay, I am very proud of who I am. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, my mother, even to today, she is, you can do everything. You can do, oh, look at that. You did that. Okay, you can do that. Now you can put that on your resume too. And I'm like, mommy, no, I am not an Uber cab driver. <laughs> and just because I have a license, you know, she's like, oh, you yeah. can drive that. You can do it. So my whole life has been, oh, you can do anything. You can just do anything. That's incredible. So, mm-hmm. I've been blessed. Yeah. yeah. That's such an, like an entrepreneurial mindset. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. you can you can achieve anything, you can go anywhere, and it Absolutely. keeps you so free. Absolutely, you you do get nervous, you know, stepping out in different areas. Like I had a, a barber shop called B Braxton, exceptional grooming for exceptional men. Mm. Now, who thought this woman from Broadway, singer or dancer, would open a barber shop? But th- it's important to have something else too that you're passionate about. Yeah. And at the time, I was married to a guy who, together, we were like, oh yeah, this will be good up in Harlem, you know, upscale, da da da, and it did well for a couple of years but um you always have to have something else some some other kind of passion like yeah. my entrepreneurial mind works like that you know even with writing a book or you know just just my next oh i can't tell you what my next thing is oh my oh, god i was close i, know I was hoping it would come out <laughs> <laughs> but my mind is always going of what else can i do what's next you know what was the I want to talk about those defining moments, like with writing this book or mm-hmm. opening that barbershop. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to talk about it because mm-hmm. we all do a lot of talking, but mm-hmm. to make that step, to take that leap, to mm-hmm. you know jump off that cliff into mm-hmm. that net, what was that like for you? Or maybe could you walk us through some of the logistics of opening the barbershop, or even you know, or both? With right, the book. right, right. Well, you know, it's it's funny with opening the barbershop. Once we got the idea, and and I have to say, it was my ex husband who had read an an article about men's grooming and how there was no place, no upscale places for men to go, and mm-hmm. you know, just be comfortable amongst other men and get manicures and pedicures and things like that. Yeah. So once we talked about it and and got the idea I was like okay I'm determined so then I started looking for a space and then I looked for an architect and then I'm gonna and it just got me wound up and passion when you find something that you're passionate about Mm. it's almost like magic Mm. it's like oh yeah that's what I want to do and then you find the way and each step that you take the universe will bring you the people that you need like momentum yeah will. yeah once you get that momentum going I, I literally walked the streets of Harlem looking for a space and when I saw the space I was like that's my space and then a friend of mine said oh I have an architect it's like really architect came looked at the space because it was a raw space yeah he did some drawings you know I gave him a couple of ideas of what I saw yeah. did some drawings next thing I knew oh okay and at the time I was doing what was I doing I was doing Chicago on Broadway so the money was coming in (laughs) daytime I was there talking to the contractors no I don't want that there and then at night come on babe (laughs) (laughs) and sometimes (laughs) yep even in the dressing room between scenes they'd be like what color do you want it I told you what color I wanted it and then go back out he had it coming (laughs) (laughs) so yeah what okay so then with with opening this barbershop Mm -hmm. there's like 
you, you weren't waiting for permission. No, not at all. Not at all. What did you at all? Were you ever? Did there was ever a moment of thought of like, well, I need to have permission, or it was just like not even no. thinking about it. You just no. went for it. I didn't. I didn't feel I had permission. Uh, the unfortunate thing was a woman trying to open a barbershop that was upscale. Mm. So financing was nowhere to be found. Okay. Um, you know, and even the community was kind of like, oh, come on, an upscale barbershop. We got barbershops all over. Yeah. But then once we opened and then they saw it, they were like, oh, interesting. They still didn't come a lot mm. because there's a mentality, some kind of mentality of I don't deserve something this nice. You know what I mean? But I that's a whole different interview. <laughs> it is. It's a whole different interview. But um, trying to get financing and people behind me and stuff like that was hard. So I, I took my own money and half a million dollars later. Oh, goodness. Yeah. But I believed in it. Yeah. And the brand is still out there. And I still, I'm not finished with it. Okay. Um, but uh, I'm not exactly where it's going to go yet. But I know it's going to go somewhere. And, and. It's still in my heart and my soul, yeah. and I still have a passion for it. So, yeah, that's incredible. Mm -hmm. What what advice would you give someone maybe who's waiting for permission, or who has an idea but's not pursuing it? Don't wait. Just take that first step, even if it's a small step. Take that first step, and once you once you see, oh, oh, okay, and then take the next step. You can only take one little step at a at a time. I often say one nanosecond at a time, one step at a time. That's mm. all you can do. And the universe will bring people to you. I love that. Yeah. I had another question about the barbershop. Well, we're going to have to see where that goes because <laughs> that's really, that's just, that's incredible. Uh, what, what did you, or where, I should say, did you learn your mm -hmm. incredible work ethics? Oh, um, a couple of places. Um, my first one was at Ruth Williams Dance Studio in Harlem. Okay. <laughs> when I, where I started dancing, I was a four or five years old. But Ruth Williams, God bless her, um, she was about excellence, always about excellence. And from young, once you start at a young age wanting to be the best, yeah. that's it. That's it. Um, I was taught how to present myself. Mm-hmm even at that young age. Um, and then I went on, I went to Performing Arts High School, which also back then, back in the 70s, it was truly about the art and about the discipline of the art. So I went there, right yeah. there on 46th Street, the old building, as they say. <laughs> uh -huh. And then it's funny because, you know, people always ask me, well, what's the difference in this generation and your generation? The difference was I did not come to the table thinking I knew everything. I came wanting to learn, so mm -hmm. I would watch everything. When I was working with Vinette Carroll down at the Urban Arts Corps, it was just a group of us, about, about seven or eight of us, that we were just down there just absorbing everything, absorbing everything from how, what to do on stage, what to do backstage, and a lot of times, again, little black book of backstage etiquette. Mm. People don't know what to do backstage. They don't know how to handle themselves backstage. They don't know that you don't pick up a prop off the prop table just to play with it. You don't, you know what I mean? You, I you take you care mean. of your costumes. You, 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 if you're in a dressing room with other people, you can't spray perfume and hairspray all over the place. It's yeah. little things like that that I learned just by watching and just by asking questions and just not thinking I knew everything. Yeah. You know, so that's where. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
So this back And I'm still learning. Yeah. I'm still learning. At 62, I'm still learning, you know? That's so that's so humbling mm -hmm. because you have so many youths, so many. I group them all together, myself included, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> that that do come from this entitled kind yeah, of Absolutely. What do you think that what do you think that is? What do you think that I is? I think because they're given everything from young. Yeah. As opposed to when I was coming up, asking questions and wanting to learn. These kids nowadays, at what, six years old, they have their own phone. They have their own, you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. They don't work for anything, really. You know, they go mm. to school. And right now, I think the teachers are a bit, um, they teach, but they're kind of disconnected from the business. And to me, it's hard to teach theater if you've never done theater. That's hard to me. That's hard. You know it what I mean? It is difficult. Yes. It's difficult when you're you're listening to someone talk about being in the theater and what happens in the theater if they've never been in the theater at all at any stage whether it's off Broadway, off off Broadway or mm. you know that that's hard. Yeah. So then these kids come out of school not really knowing the mechanics behind it. Yes, they might do a wonderful scene and break the scene down and all of that, but then when they get the job, they don't know how to handle themselves in theater. Yeah. You know? Have you have you done workshops with this? Like I want to. I want to, yeah. That would be great. Yeah, I want to. I feel to. like a lot of people could benefit from yeah. the inner workings. Yeah. I just social. did Harlem School of the Arts. That was like okay. kind of my first workshop-ish kind of thing, yeah. and those kids ate it up they just loved it and it's it. so funny because um the the artistic director up there she was like they've never sat still for anyone <laughs> and they asked questions and you know yeah. stuff like, so I, I i would love to do more of those i feel like it's so applicable and i had this conversation with andrea burns the other day uh -huh. because she teaches i learned from her for a period of time at stella adler uh -huh. and these these techniques mm -hmm. of behaviors, ways of being yeah. in the theater, in auditions, yeah. you know, communicating social cues are so applicable yeah. to every part of your life. Yeah, absolutely. They're not just, you know, you could have people who have never done theater, never want to do theater, come mm -hmm. and sit in on one of your classes and probably learn a absolutely. lot about how to treat another human in the workplace. Absolutely. Absolutely. How to, how to present themselves in the workplace. How to present themselves in the workplace. Yes. Yeah. And be their most... Yeah, their authentic self, yep. but their true, their true yeah. self. I want to hop back to this. Popped into my head real quick. This uh -huh. Back to the barber shop. Uh -huh. You had made a statement or made a comment about people not feeling like they kind of deserved that quality. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's very yes. Mm -hmm. It applies to yeah. a lot of people around the world. Mm -hmm. What av what advice would you maybe give to someone, a student mm -hmm. out of college, a uh, young artist who maybe is feeling like they don't deserve mm -hmm. this path? Mm -hmm. I would say, if this is truly your passion, huh. then I'm a big fan of the universe and God. The universe or God or whatever being you think is higher than us huh. would not have put it in your soul. So if it's in your soul, at least give it a chance. At least pursue it and see where it takes you. So it's not for everyone, mm -mm. you know, and you might think it's your passion when you first start out and then it's like, oh, I can't, I can't go through the rejection. I can't go through, you know, yeah. doubting myself so much and I can't go through that. But at least give yourself a chance because the universe wouldn't put it in your soul if it weren't for you. I love that. Yeah. Have faith. Yeah, absolutely. Have faith in your journey and your path. And yeah. yeah. What, what are some of the biggest life lessons you learned as a child? 
within arts, mm-hmm. out of the arts, mm-hmm. learning from elders around mm-hmm. you. Any standout moments? Um, I would say a couple of the main things. One is respect. Hmm. Two is compassion. Three is do your best work. No matter what you're doing, yeah. do your best work. You can't half, excuse me, half asset. Mm. You really can't. Not if you want to be in this business. Because you know what? In the, the first page of my book, it says, one monkey don't stop no show unless it's a one monkey show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because there's always somebody else out there who is as fierce or fiercer than you. So the best thing to do is to do your best. Yes. And that comes from, this is something I'm realizing too as I grow older. (laughs) A lot of people are very lazy. Oh, absolutely. And particularly in this country. Absolutely. After traveling, I've kind of learned that when I come back here, I'm like, oh, wow, that. Absolutely. People expect too much. Yeah. For too little work. Yep. What advice would you give a student entering the workforce out of college on laziness? Is you got you gonna yeah. miss the boat. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Done. You're gonna miss That's the it. boat. And you know, it's so funny yeah. going back to working down at the Urban Arts Corps, um, this is kinda twofold. I think part of the problem also are producers, mm-hmm. directors, choreographers, and stage managers. Because I have seen people get away with so much because the producer says, Well, we need them, we need them. The director says, well, you know, that's how they are. The stage manager goes, well, the director doesn't want to rock the boat with that person. They want to make them happy. And, and I'm like, are you kidding me? You have someone coming in that is late, doesn't know their lines. That, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and you're not going to call them on it? <laughs> this is their job. This is the workplace. And working down at the Urban Arts Corps at a young age, working with Annette Carroll, I always tell this story and people laugh, but it was true. So we were doing a show and this person was always late for rehearsals. And one last time the person came in late and Vanette Carroll was like, oh, darling, darling, don't worry about it. You know that song that you used to do? Yes, he does it now. Oh. Yes. And we were like, whoa, okay, okay. I guess you won't be late again, will you? Because... It was taken away from them. Yeah. But there are no consequences anymore for people not doing their job or showing up not prepared. Or there, there are no consequences. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder how, well, I mean, this is definitely one way your book, this mm-hmm. answers it, and the next book you're writing, how to, how to encourage people to dig deeper in themselves. That's hard. Yeah. That's hard because they can get away with it. Yeah. You can get away with it. You know what I mean? I do because, and I see it too, because, yeah. you know, traveling through the Midtown area and auditions and what have you, yeah. you see many who are just like, you know, showing up but still don't know what they're going to, you know, perform or they don't have their pictures exactly. and stuff. And it's all like. And those are the ones that want to talk to you mm. while you're waiting to audition. <laughs> it's like, like, please, this is. No, 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 no. I'm here to work. And I'm here to get this job. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's your. Well, do you have a story when you came up against fear and how you dealt with it? Ooh, I still come up against fear. I take a deep breath and just kind of center myself for a minute and realize I'm doing what I chose to do. 
And one of the things when I was t uh, talking to the kids at Harlem School of the Arts, being prepared is so important because if you don't know what you're singing, if you don't know what you're do, if you don't, if you're not comfortable with what you're getting ready to do, mm. fear is like multiplied a, b a bazillion times. Yeah. But if you've rehearsed, if you know your lyrics, you know your, if you know it, then you go, this is what I want to do. This is what I've been training to do. I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna do it the best way I can. Mm. And I'm not gonna worry about anybody else. I'm gonna do it the best way I can. And I, I also yeah. feel like I have, I've, I've just learned that really. And I think that I have done myself a bit of a disservice. I've been blessed, my, my career has been blessed, but I didn't always think that way. And as a dancer, because I came up as a dancer, I was always nervous about singing. So mm. I wouldn't prepare for it so that I can have an excuse. Well, I wasn't really ready for that anyway. You know what I mean? I, do. I could have an excuse that, well, I didn't, you know, I didn't. Instead of learning my song, going to voice lessons, going to, you know, really being prepared mm. so that I can present myself 100%. Mm. So if you're, if you're, if you have fear, that's one thing. You're going to have fear in this business. But if you are prepared, that fear is kind of a little less. You know. Yeah, yeah. Because at least you've done all that you you've done your homework. You've done your homework, and then you can leave it to the universe. <laughs> and it always provides exactly. And sometimes you're just not right for the role, too. Yeah, you can know be what as I mean. Simple as that, a and not right for the role on so many levels. I've lost a job because I was too short. I huh. literally got the job, and then they called to say we've gone a different way. We now want girls who are like five nine. And it's like okay, yeah. there's no way I'm going to be five nine from five four. That's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck you with know. your show. Exactly. <laughs> Have at it. <laughs> On to the next. But they put me in something else. I mean, in the show, they gave me another part. Oh, okay. So that was fine. You know what I mean? That's but not, sometimes yeah. it's just not It's not for you. It's just, yeah. Do you have, is there a particular role that comes to mind that's taught you the most about yourself? Um, I would say in Smokey Joe's okay. because I think in Smokey Joe's was where I realized what I do offer. I'm a showgirl. Plain and simple. I'm a showgirl. You know, mm. yeah, I can maybe do a couple of deep scenes if I had to, or, you know, but I'm a showgirl and I love comedy and that's, that's, that's it. Yeah. And I was able to sing, dance, and act in Smokey Joe's. You know, Chicago taught me a lot too because, again, I was able to sing, dance, and act at a whole nother level being Velma Kelly, you know what I mean? So, yeah. What did you learn about leadership through playing Velma? Um, well, it's funny because I learned about leadership way, way down the line when I did um, Dreamgirls mm -hmm. because I was dance captain and assistant to Michael and Michael mm. and I knew I had to present myself a certain way because at 20 something years old and the company has to listen to you when you give notes and has to, you know, yet these are all my friends as well. So I had to be a, a leader yet still be a human being and not take advantage of that, you know, that position. Uh -huh. um, so I think there I, th I learned the most about being a leader. Um, again, being compassionate, being, you know, being kind, you know, just telling someone, okay, you know, that foot that you're pointing right there, that looks like a hoof, you know, <laughs> not, 
You have to be kind. (laughs) (laughs) Patience. Uh, Patience. Yes, patience. Absolutely. Because we were working with people who were not dancers. Some were not dancers. And you have to be patient. And and I got the the best uh, compliment one day. They were like, "We love the way you teach choreography to non-dancers. It's a, we love your patience because we're not dancers, and you you are always so patient with us." Yeah. So yeah, that's um, that can be really difficult when you're performing with your friends. Yeah, and absolutely. You have to kind of take that hat off mm-hmm. and put on the captain hat. Yep. But I've got amazing friends too who respected that respected the fact that okay now we're working okay Mm. now we're we're hooping it up now we're having a good time oh we're back in rehearsals okay i have amazing friends funny you should mention that Mm -hmm. i heard a quote the other day that you are the average of five of the five people you spend the most Mm. time with wow and i believe that absolutely absolutely and i think it takes time to cultivate your circle yep and who you want to be around because everyone's not your friend, <laughs> for one thing. <laughs> everyone is not your friend. No. You know, everyone will yeah. not tell you about the audition that both of you would be right for, mm. but they'll say, girl, come on and, you know, come on down here. One of us needs to get this, this job, yeah. you know? How did you, along your way, your journey s- thus far, mm-hmm. uh, kind of cultivate that? How do you know when it's kind of time to let someone go or maybe kind of like, I'll see you over there, <laughs> you know, we'll... <laughs> hang out but like i'm just not gonna trust you with these other things if right? your stomach like i trust my gut and if your stomach is like okay mister you know what we need to go we need to leave mm. because you're not feeling you're not happy anymore doesn't that conflict with the brain though sometimes because the brain is um, like but they did so much for me and they're, they're not at all <laughs> <laughs> you're like to be honest clay no well <laughs> no that's fair i think that's something i i had to grow into i had to learn yeah because it's also your heart too, because well, this was my friend since uh, I've, you know what I mean. So the it's your gut, your heart, and your yeah. head. They've got to get in alignment. Mm. And if you are if you are not happy, completely around certain people, then you you need to distance yourself. You can talk to them on the phone maybe, but yeah. if you get on the phone and all you hear is oh woe is me that mm, okay, see you later. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Don't let anyone steal your energy. Mm-mm, steal your joy or your energy. My friend Nakia. Yeah. She said that to me and I was like, you are Absolutely. so right. And I'll Absolutely. repeat that till the day I die. Yeah. How do you find the balance between making things happen mm-hmm. and letting things happen? Ooh. That's a hard one because I am such an entrepreneurial spirit. Uh, uh, yes, <laughs> you are. Um, oh my God, that's a good one constantly talking to myself and saying okay have you done all you can do now let it go Mm. so funny I was just thinking about that last night because I want this act two thing to to go 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 you know but I'm like I've done everything I can do right now maybe one more thing but I've done as much as I can do right now Mm. see what the universe brings to you you know um step out of your comfort zone and maybe go to a few more events where you talk a little more where you you know uh maybe just stay home and pet your cat yeah and just see what happens once you've put once you've you know put the seeds in the ground you can't then and i heard this through i listen to abraham hicks a lot okay and you can't 
put a seed in the ground and then stand over and over it and say, okay, you're not growing, you're not <laughs> growing, you just yeah. planted that seed. So go on, do something else now, and as long as you've watered that, it's yeah. going to grow. It's going to grow, and then you come back to it, and you go, oh, okay, I see you coming up there, I see you. Yeah. You know? It's tr- yeah. It's not going to grow any fans- faster by you standing over it and going, okay, come on, I know you can do it, I know you can do it, come on, I, you can do it, <laughs> mm. you know? No, you're right. You're yeah. absolutely right, and it's that self, I want to talk about this self-dialogue, this mm-hmm. self-talk, because it's such a true statement, what we look for, we find. Mm-hmm whatever you look for positive you or it. negative yeah if yeah. you want to look for all the bad in a day open the newspaper You'll find it. you yep. want to look for all good i mean just walk outside the yep. gift of life absolutely what is that self-talk for you when you have those negative things kind of creeping into your mind that balance that <sighs> kind of little fight yeah to i know it's it's hard again i think i've kind of found it more in the last 15 years of my life because um, oh god because I took the time to listen to that talk and to, to realize there's always two things going on in your mind if you, if you oh god it's so hard to explain there's someone talking and there's someone listening in your mind when you really think about that and you can have a conversation <laughs> in your mind, mm-hmm. but then once you've had that conversation, if you still want to do what you want to do, you have to then go, okay, the negative side of that mind, you can be quiet now. We've had a conversation. Let me. <laughs> I've acknowledged your I've presence. Igno- <laughs> exactly. You laugh, but that's true. Yeah. I acknowledge that. But this is what I really want to do. So let me let you sit down for a minute and now let me really go, okay, now now what's my first step mm. to do this? Or if that side wins, then you go, okay, I get you. All right, I'm not going to do that right now. Yeah. But it's a fine line and it's a it's dialogue. So yeah, it's a dialogue that you have to be honest about. Yeah. And again, your gut because your gut will tell you, oh, now you know that side is true. That side is telling you the truth. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's a fine line. And a lot of people think it's a yeah, the universe and your mind and, and talking to yourself. But if you're quiet, you know that, okay, I'm telling you. And who is listening to that? That's me listening to it on the other side. You uh-huh. know what I mean? So. Yeah, because wh- sometimes it's, I mean, sometimes it's right. Mm-hmm. Like you shouldn't walk down that block at that hour Absolutely. of day or evening. Absolutely. <laughs> right. And then Absolutely. other times it's like, what are you talking about? Like, yep. of course I'm going to kill this. Like, it's going to be great. Yep. It's going to be so great. And even with, 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 you say, friends and things like that, mm. you know, you could be talking to a friend and things, are, you're talking, and then there's that little thing in your mind going, now you know you do not want to be talking to this person, and what they're saying is a whole bunch of BS. And <laughs> <laughs> so walk away. <laughs> okay. Exit. <laughs> Exit, okay? So, yeah. <laughs> Take me out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? When it, so speaking about these emotions and feelings, mm-hmm. when it comes down to nerves, mm-hmm. I imagine Brenda Braxton no longer gets nervous before oh, she performs. Oh, absolutely I do. Okay. Absolutely. Controlling those, working with them, <sighs> navigating through them. Is there a self-talk you give you? you have with yourself? <laughs> yes. Are you willing to share it? <laughs> <laughs> or what advice could you give someone suffering from? Uh, 
again, be prepared. Yeah. Be prepared. Emotionally. Emotionally with your work, with whatever you're getting ready and to do. Like what you're yeah. singing, what you're dancing, your choreography. Be prepared. I cannot mm. say that enough. Just be prepared. Mm. Um, and don't listen to other people's talk sometimes. You know what I mean? No. Um, again, I say I started out as a dancer. And I would listen to my peers who might be singers and everything. I see. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I do, yeah. And they're fierce at singing. And, da -da -da -da. and that talk can make you feel worse about yourself. Instead of going, well, yeah, you're a fierce singer. I'm a fierce dancer. Both of us can learn something from each other mm. just by being kind to each other for one thing. Yeah. And... Um, Trying not to be so fierce that you, you don't take in the other people that are around you and have compassion for what their shortcomings might be. You know what I mean? So yes. if you have compassion, you hope that that bleeds over to the other person that you're working with yeah. so that your shortcomings are not taken advantage of by that other person. You know what I mean? So... Your self-talk is, okay, they might be fierce at singing and everything. I'm not going to listen to how fierce they think they are at singing because that really makes me feel uncomfortable. But I am going to learn from them. How'd you do that riff? Wait a minute. Let me say it. You know what I mean? So be open enough and just be open enough to, to learn no matter what. Just learn no matter what because everyone you meet knows something you don't that know you don't know you exactly learn from everyone exactly everyone. so yep so let that yeah. that nervousness subside a little bit a little nervousness is good but let that subside and just watch just yeah, and not take to heart some of the things that they might say or or whatever you've been listening to entertainment x the podcast you can follow Entertainment X on Instagram at underscore Entertainment X underscore. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join Clay next week for another Curiosity Conversation on Entertainment X. Thank you for listening.